Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams And this is the Yankee for Life sports business podcast, The Sportacast. I mean, I didn't really have a doubt in this. I really didn't. I know the Giants were in. Apparently, the Padres came in. But did you really feel at any point that Aaron Judge, excuse me, was going to leave the New York Yankees? I did. I did. I, I'll be honest here. If you had told me uh, after the season that someone, and it seems like according to reports, that the Giants were going to offer him $360 million. Yes, I would have I would have bet that that meant that, that he was going to leave New York. I would have thought he to stay in New York with someone offering 360 was going to mean that he was going to need to take a big pay cut. And boy, was I wrong. The Yankees were willing to, to get to the same number that everybody else was. And I think in that world, this is a very easy decision for, for someone who obviously understands and, and very much cares about Yankee lore and, and Yankee legend to not have to take a pay cut, but to be able to stay in Yankee with the Yankees in pinstripes, I think is an easy choice for Aaron. All right. I'm going to make a little bit of a comparison here and I'm not saying apples to apples. Okay. Let, let me just state that uh, and you'll know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> okay. But when Larry Ellison was bidding on the Warriors mm. way back in the day, yep. And he was told, hey, you're about 40 million shy. You have to raise your bid. And he's like, nope, didn't believe him. Nope, not going to do it. This is where it is. Okay, congratulations, Joe Lacob and, and friends. You're now the new owners of the Golden State Warriors. Um, and by the way, our NBA valuations are coming out next week. Mm. Great numbers. That's all I'll say. Um, I, I kind of get the feeling like if you're a Hal Steinbrenner, you pick up the phone and you call Aaron Judge and you say to him, do you want to be a Yankee? And he says, yes, I do. To respond, well, then, why don't you take a year less and $40 million less? It's just not prudent. In totality, if I'm Hal Steinbrenner, and if you got to know, nine years down the road, oh, I, this is me making noises here. Tisk, um, tisk. Yeah, it's Todd Barish calling, so when he listens to the podcast, Todd, this is why I didn't take your call. Um, nine years down the road, you have to kind of assume I would think you know you're not going to get the value, right? You, you just, I think you sort of know that. But when you take into account everything that we say these these companies are now and they are global media platforms to lose sort of your your herculean character the guy who uh most responsible for your postseason birth this year and that 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 sort of that one figure that young kids look at that he can he can turn young kids into yankee fans to lose him for 40 million bucks seems like it would be awfully short-sighted and to his credit hal steinbrenner said, that doesn't make any sense. I'll give the extra year, the 40 million, whatever it was, and let's have a press conference. I, I think the surprising thing about this to me is, is again, and, and, and we mentioned this around Judge before, these are the kind of deals that, that, that are becoming way less common in baseball. This is exactly a, a huge deal for someone who's over 30 to, to get him under contract until he's about 40. It's something that happened all the time 10 years ago, and the Yankees were one of the big drivers of that market 10 years ago. 
but that industry has cooled. And I am, I, I think, a little bit surprised. Everything you just said makes sense, Scott. I am uh, a little surprised, even knowing all that, that the Yankees were willing to be this big a buyer for this many years, nine years, for someone who, you're right, Aaron Judge is a fantastic player right now. He's one of the best players in baseball. He is probably not going to be worth this money uh, in, in, in 2031. Um, but there's all this other stuff that, that, that comes with it. And Scott, you and I were at an event recently with, with Derek Jeter, and, and someone asked him about what it means to be a captain of the Yankees. And, and he very seamlessly rattled off, I think, the other eight names of the, of the people who are captains of the Yankees before him. It seems as though Aaron Judge is in line to be the next one. I don't think there's probably a single other team in baseball where the current captain or, or, or the last captain could, could easily rattle off every single name of, of the captains before him. There is definitely an, an aura and a mystique around the Yankees, around being a lifelong Yankee in the same way that Mariano Rivera was and the way that Derek Jeter was that I'm sure played a role in this decision as well. Come on, give it to me in the voice. Give me give me the number two. Come on. You <laughs> Num- did it that day. <laughs> number two, Derek, Derek Jeter. 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 Number two. Now, did you bring up Jeter knowing like we needed a segue? It's too early for the segue, <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get back to Derek Jeter. It's too early. Uh, but some there's other, a huge difference. Oh, hold on. Now. There's a huge difference in what Derek Jeter said at that event and what uh, Aaron Judge did. Derek Jeter told his agent, Casey Close, and he knew and he knew that this was a terrible negotiating ploy. He was fully cognizant that this was a terrible negotiating move, but he told Casey Close, I'm not interested in going anywhere. If anybody else calls, tell him I'm not interested. I'm staying with the Yankees. Now, of course, if you're the Yankees, that's music to your ears. You can probably get a better price. Now, did Aaron Judge have to do it the way he did it? Did he have to go get the offer from the Giants? He's not the captain yet. And he, you know, he doesn't have all the World Series of Derek Jeter either. But did he have to go get the Giants? Did he have to visit San Diego? Or do you believe he could have just called Hal Steinbrenner and said, look, here's the deal. I'd like to be here. I'd like to be a Yankee for life. I don't want to go on this sort of free agent recruiting tour, but there is a reality of what I'm worth, and I want to be paid what I'm worth. And that is, in our estimation, nine years and $370 million. Yes or no? I, th- I think the answer is no. The, the, Yankees, Ooh, no. the Yankees offered him $213 million contract in the middle of last year. Yeah, in, but in he the mid- had a historic MVP season. Absolutely. So, you know so in, the middle, in the middle of a, of a historic season, the, the season ended in, in obviously definitively historic fashion. Do I think that having one great season in the, in the eyes of the Yankees made him worth $150 million more? I don't, I don't believe that. I think, I think this is definitely that the result of having multiple bidders and really high numbers that got the Yankees up there. Um, the other thing I'll say on that, Scott, I, I don't think for Yankee fans, it matters that Aaron judge did decided to test the market and decided to stay here. And, and Derek Jeter didn't. I think in in nine years, if Aaron Judge is still a Yankee and had a had a good few years after this and re- and retires as a when he's Yankee, running the bases as slowly as I am and he's hitting <laughs> two sixteen with nineteen home runs, <laughs> I I think that the Yankee fans will love him in the same way if he continues to produce as they do Derek, regardless of whether that's he the important between the, waters. the commas. If he can, of course, if he continues to produce, agreed, agreed. Yes, I mean yeah. that that winning and success cures. All ills, but I think perhaps, and what do you think about this? I'm not sure when, when we can do it because of our schedule, but do we need to get John Littner on the horn here? Mm. Uh, you know, John runs the Yes Network, and 
we talk about the media driving all sort of the dollars for these clubs. What is Aaron Judge worth to the Yes Network and therefore the investors? And what's the difference in the New York Yankees last season with and without Aaron Judge in terms of ratings points and advertising fees? Um, what, what do you think? I, he's certainly worth a lot. I think maybe less than some people might think. I mean, I, to the degree that that the Yankees' success is tied to Judge's success, then yeah, he's probably worth a lot. But if some replacement player that they can sign for less money um, and, and bring in someone else on, on for that total 360 that makes the team better, I don't think the a, a better Yankees team without Aaron Judge is markedly different from a from a media or a sponsorship standpoint than a worse Yankees team with Aaron Judge. I don't, I don't think he's. I don't think he's worth that much in, in, in the grand scheme of things. It's just such a difficult question to answer because we're never going to have the alternative, right? We're never going to know what the Yankees would have done with $360 million had, had judge decided to go to San Diego or to go to, or to go to San Francisco. But I would imagine John Littner at yes network is thrilled. I would imagine that especially early on in the season when there's still a high about what he accomplished last year. Can he do more this year? Can he beat Barry Bonds' record? There's going to be a lot of buzz around Aaron Judge early in the year when it's very unclear if the Yankees are good or bad or somewhere in the middle, and that's super valuable. So, yeah, I think that the Yankees fans, anyone associated with the Yankees business, very happy right now, and obviously Yankees brass are, are very happy too. Scott, Kurt Bodenhausen, our, our colleague, tweeted this out. Yankees now have three of the 10 largest contracts uh, in, in baseball history. Garrett Cole at 325, Stanton at, er, 3, 324, Stanton at 325, and now and now Judge at 360. Um, that is a billion dollars. If I'm doing that math right, that is more than a billion dollars worth of commitments, promised commitments, guaranteed in, in baseball, don't forget, uh, to, to three players. Oh, I won't forget, and neither will most NFL players. I did, <laughs> I did enjoy also the... T- I don't remember who tweeted it, but it just said, the Yankees just spent $370 million on Aaron Judge, and the Red Sox spent $900 million on the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good. It shows the, the the one that the one that I tweeted was that the there's an MLS team, the the team in Montreal that, that Kurt Bodden hasn't valued for. Are they still the, the impact? Three, 390. No, they're not the impact anymore. Oh, what are they? What, they're Montreal C, CF Montreal. Oh, okay. Um, because yeah, every every MLS team is losing the um the the the, the kind of mascot that that they launched with. But yeah, the, the there is. There's MLS franchises that are worth roughly what uh, what the Yankees say Aaron Judge is worth for the next nine years of his career. So we're talking big, big dollars and, and one of the biggest total value deals in baseball history. You wouldn't think, you, one would not think, Ebenovi Williams, that I had a story, a direct, how does this relate to me story between Montreal, MLS, and the Soshniks, and yet I do. I, I know what it is. You I know think. what, you want to tell it? You want to tell it? I don't want to tell it. Your, your story to tell, does it involve Didier Drogba? It absolutely yes. involves Didier Drogba when he played for Montreal, uh, and I, I arranged to have my son like walk out with Drogba, and we were underneath the stadium, and I had it all planned out, and I told my son, I don't even know how old he was at the time, probably about seven or eight, told him at the time, all right, Drogba's going to, and he has no idea who Drogba is, by the way, but I was just like, this is cool, this is what you want to do. So we've been told he's the last player out of the locker room. So when everybody here, when they say, okay, everybody, go line up, you wait. You be the last kid in line, right? Because then Drogba's going to come out last and you'll be paired up with him. So the, the lovely person at Red Bull who was arranging this thing 
gets in the room with all the kids and says, all right, everybody, let's go. And what does young Jackson Sopkins do? First one out. Sprints out of the room. <laughs> first in line. <laughs> so, of course, my wife and I are looking like, what a moron. I had a decision to make, though. Do I stay behind the ropes as I'm supposed to? Or do I duck under and do I, for my own pleasure, of course, drag him to the back of the line to be with Drogba? And you know I chose B. I, yeah, I know which one of those so is, uh, I'll, is you. I'll send you the photo so you can put this out on the old Twitter feed. But Please, yeah, there's Jackson standing next to Drogba on, on the field looking clues uh, with his mohawk. And I will say Drogba did say, cool, you know, told him, cool haircut. So there you go. That, Makes the whole thing worth he it. Remembers. <laughs> I did. I, it was really funny to see him. He has no idea who this guy is. All I do remember, though, is like when they were walking out, Jackson was looking up at him with like this awe and wonder, like, wow, I'm with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's great. Like, has no idea. All right. But anyway, we talked about Derek Jeter and the Yankees. So Jeter in his own right has absolutely moved on to sort of become Jeter, the entrepreneur. One of those things is the arena club, sort of a, uh, a trading card platform. And they just took in 10 million bucks. So uh, I, I would think that if you're among the investors, you're there. All right, I'll, I'll back Derek Jeter. Not, not, not a lot of money in sort of the private equity venture capital world. Let's see what we can do with this investment. Some investors here, Scott, that, that we know and, and have talked about Elysian Park Ventures, which is the, the venture arm for a lot of the folks who own the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Lightspeed is in there as well. J- just another, another piece of evidence in, in a tough funding world, right? People, the folks who are raising money right now are doing so in a pretty difficult environment. Um, but just to show that, that the collectible buzz that, that started during the pandemic that I think took a lot of people by surprise, there are still a lot of people who are bullish on trading cards and on, uh, on, on collectibles and memorabilia. One other thing I'll say about this business is it's a good example of the kind of the classic picks and shovels part of an industry, right? He's not, he doesn't, Derek's not creating a trading card company. He's creating a company that will grade your cards, will help store your cards in a safe and effective manner so that they don't uh, get damaged. Uh, a way but to I sell do like them. this whole one for one trade. Like I could say, I have a great Pokemon card and I want your Aaron Judge. Exactly. So it's a marketplace and then also yeah. a, a way to store and a way to grade them. Um, so yeah, the, looking at the boon in this marketplace and seeing, look, I don't, and we can <laughs> tease a little teaser here. I don't want to be fanatics. I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy tops. I'm not going to create and sell these trading cards, but I do think I can create a business that is going to be successful building off of the buzz that's happening across the industry. All right. I don't know what we have determined the sound is, is for a Soshnik value add comment <laughs> or nugget. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, Matt the Whitehurst, same as I'm the a, trumpet. Just is this the trumpet? <laughs> yeah, is this the trumpet for value add right here? All right. You know who had a biz dev? Is it Lightspeed? Uh, I do not know. You do not. Oh, do you know the name Dan Grunfeld? I don't. You don't. Okay. Not off the top if of I head. say to you, sorry, Dan. Just the, just the surname <laughs> Grunfeld, does anything come to mind? Uh, it does not. Okay. So you're too damn young. This is uh, the problem. Okay. There's a whole lot of people my age right now listening, going, <laughs> screaming oh. at the screaming yeah. at the screen, going, "How do you not know Ernie Grunfeld? NBA player was the GM of the Knicks. He was Oof. with uh, or Washington." Um. Yeah. Er, good. Good guy. I, what I love most about Ernie was the was the big time New York accent. Mm. Love, love the big time New York accent from a sports executive. So that's his son. Dan, okay. And he's uh, you know head of uh, head of biz dev. S- sports business Speed. pedigree so right there. Good value. Keeping, ads, it, keeping it all <laughs> in the family. All right. You mentioned you mentioned uh, fanatics. Uh, now, um, Derek raised ten million. Fanatics raised a little bit more. At what everybody in the in the industry, by the way, and, and as soon as we sent this headline, and as everybody I'm talking to, like literally everybody I spoke with in the last 24 hours, 
has brought up the uh, the valuation of Fanatics at this point. It, it's 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 remarkable. Seven hundred million dollar raise. The valuation, Scott, in in, in the round is uh, is thirty one billion dollars. Repita, por favor. Thirty one billion. This is a company that two year a little over two years ago raised money at a six point two billion dollar valuation, and that was back when Fanatics was really primarily just the the very successful apparel licensed goods marketplace that it is right now but they have expanded into new areas like trading cards and nfts and coming soon sports betting um and they've also built the apparel business to be more entwined with 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 big bigger companies like nike for example um so obviously a lot of people believe that what michael's doing is is taking off and also particularly that the changes investments acquisitions hires that he's made in the last two years have really really boosted the company's valuation all right so if i'm michael rubin and I'm reading my Sportico alerts, as I know he does. Always. And, and we say, all right, so Caesars is now showing live NFL games. And if I want to bet on the app, I can. Is he doing a, like one, a golf clap? Because in my mind, the screen of tomorrow, you know, Fanatics, whatever, the app, the dot com, wherever the hell you want to put it, is the game. I'm watching a live game. And then in sort of a Bloomberg TV sort of overwhelming data thing, uh, then I've got my social, I've got my e-com, and I've got my sports betting all in quadrants, but in one housed in one screen. And you know, behind behind the curtain, there is there's Michael Rubin, you know, like kind of licking his chops, saying, you know, I, I've got ninety to one hundred million customers. Uh, on on my platform and people I can reach out to, and they're all going to watch it and buy stuff through me. I think that's exactly what he would say. Yeah, and and and, and as you mentioned, collecting all that data in, in in the meantime and cutting in all of the the big stakeholders to be partners in in making the whole thing hum. He wants to build a one stop shop ecosystem for sports fans to 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 be buying all of the things that you're just saying. And, and, and if he can build a, a spot where he can do all of that and capture in all the creative value of it happening in the same place, that's the dream. And, and, and to show how much he obviously believes in this, he just sold his, his stake in Harris Blitzer sports entertainment. He was the largest, um, the largest uh, investor owner in the 76ers and devils, not named Harris or Blitzer. And he sold out of that because it was going to give him more freedom to do the sports betting, more freedom to partner with athletes like and Chris to bring Paul in players as partners, right? And yeah. and Joel Embiid and into endeavors like Mitchell and Ness. Um, so as much as we talk about sports team valuations growing and and the people who are rushing over themselves to invest into NBA teams, etc., that's how much Michael believes in in the vision that he has. Is that it's it's more valuable for him to sell out of that to to give him more freedom to pursue the things he wants to pursue in Fanatics right now. All right, but I can tell you what I've been hearing over and over and over and again, and I know you're going to have the answer, so I wouldn't just set you up this way. But it was <laughs> no like, pressure. when's Fanatics going public? Like when they raised, like, I don't know, three times ago. It's like, all right, this is the last time then Fanatics is going to go public. But all right, after the last one, Fanatics is going to go public. But now they raised again, but you have the reason. You can tell me why they have not and when they might. If you had asked me two years ago when Fanatics was going public, I would have said potentially any month now. And obviously that has that has not happened. From what I understand, that is still the 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 end goal and and the dream. 
But Michael has turned in those two years I'm talking about, turned this in from a $6 billion company into a $31 billion company and clearly feels like there's more room to run. So companies often want to button up their businesses to make some changes before the IPO or before the reverse merger. So I imagine there's going to be a bit more time even now before we get to that point. But I, I think the end goal is still IPO or reverse merger, something in which Fanatics is, is, is publicly traded at some point, maybe in, in two years from now, 18 months from now. But again, I, there, there's so many opportunities that I think Michael sees. He's going to get, seems like he's going to get sports betting off the ground early in, in 2023. That's a difficult business, as we've talked about, Scott, and a business that, that publicly Small traded. Margins, high customer acquisition, but he's yeah. already got the customers. That's the beauty of the, of, of the, the whole the flywheel. The here. way he's he sees it, yeah, he already has the customers. We'll see if it, if it bears out that way. But the, the markets, publicly traded markets, have been particularly difficult uh, for, 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 for the sports betting companies. So I can certainly see a world where he would prefer to get that going uh, and maybe have some some numbers there before being public. But I think the the easy answer is I would expect Fanatics to be a publicly traded company at some point uh, within the next five years. All right. I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm not 100% sure. Who is most likely to score a touchdown for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, Trevor okay. Lawrence, Travis Etienne, one of those two. Oh, okay. So if Travis Etienne catches or runs, I don't know, whatever. Runs. If he, if he are, well, he could catch one too. He could catch a running back. Like yes. It. Come on. Don't yeah. slam me on that one. If he <laughs> scores a touchdown <laughs> and I, I was, if <laughs> I kind of was, if he scores a touchdown and like 10 seconds later, you get hit with the Jersey promotion on that one screen. Like, Hey, get your Travis Etienne Jersey t-shirt. Are, are you susceptible to that? Like, Personally, no, I, I don't no. spend money at all. You well, know I, me, I, I know. but people are, and, and and this is, and I know this is where you're going with it. This is one of the things that Fanatics has has done very successfully with its apparel business. Yeah, it's capital. Turn. Yeah, quick turn capitalizing. They call them hot markets, but capitalizing on on that moment where your fandom is super high, and I'm sure the science behind this is that that moment fades very quickly, and and your willingness to buy a and, and I I didn't buy it, but I have a a Jacksonville Jaguars division champion championship shirt from 2017, uh, which I have because the person who bought it was so excited in the moment that they bought it. And, and we did not think about the idea that there was another playoff game in, in seven days. And if the Jaguars won that playoff game, suddenly the shirt was this weird kind of obsolete middle ground that wasn't exactly how far the Jaguars got. Um, but again, the psychology wise, there is a moment oftentimes directly after big sporting events where people are so excited and, and they want to make a purchase. They want to do something more to, to, to kind of invest in that fandom. And Fanatics has done a really good job at, at creating product around those moments and selling product around those moments. And yes, that is going to continue in the trading cards for sure. It's happening a bit already, but there's going to be limited edition trading cards that are going to come out minutes after big sporting events. Um, and, and if those are available only for 15 minutes, that's going to be a decision that traders are going to have to make. Collectors are going to have to make about how they're feeling in the moment about whether they want to buy it. But uh, he is going to take, Michael Rubin is going to take a lot of those things that have been really successful on the apparel side and just morph them over into sports betting uh, and, and certainly into trading cards as well. I have the ability while you're talking to absolutely tune you out and Google some stuff. <laughs> well, you missed Grunfeld. the smartest thing I've ever said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Really good stuff you had there. <laughs> whatever you just said. Um, I did not realize, I did not know that Ernie Grunfeld at, at a time, I doubt he is now, but was the, the leading scorer at Tennessee. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
So very accomplished yeah. family that I uh, I apologize for not uh, for not. Knowing. I expect you to go Google Ernie Grunfeld and write a little book report for me. <laughs> uh, let, but let's end with Ted Sarando, so co CEO over at Netflix. And at a UBS conference, I was very interested in him saying that they've been able to add subscribers without without the lure of big sporting events, you know, Super Bowl, whatever. Um, he was confident the, the service can double in size without streaming live sports. And I love this quote. We're not anti-sports. We're just pro-profit. We have yet to figure out how to do it. That's and you and Ooh. I talk about this all the time. And by the way, the people who are knee deeper, elbow deeper, neck deep in sports have yet to figure out how to do it. So he's got to feel like he's in a bit of an advantageous position where he's not spending all that money to re up things like, oh, I don't know, maybe the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know all that much about Netflix's business, but from what I understand, they are spending extraordinary, a lot of money on extraordinary amounts of money to produce uh, their own content, which does not feel maybe all that different than pricey sports rights. It's obviously a different, a different category. We had an event here in New York uh, a couple of months ago, Scott, you, you were there of course. Uh, and, and a conversation between George Pine and, and MLS commissioner, Don Garber, George said something that I thought was really interesting. He, he, and I'm sure this is a phrase within the industry said that the, uh, the money right now is is in legacy media, but the consumer is in digital media. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting way of, of looking at where things are right now. It, everybody seems to understand where the future is, but right now, a lot of these sports companies, Ted's right, a lot of these sports companies, Disney, we talked about last week, they're not making money right now on, on the digital side of their businesses. It's going to take, it's going to take a while to get there. But I think we all know the truth. Like, we know where this industry is going. It's going to be digital. That 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 is just the way that that is the direction things are going in. And and a lot of the consumers are there already. Fifty percent, right? Scott, didn't Anthony Krupe just write this? Fifty yeah. percent of of household televisions are not cable now. They're there's some some form of digital streaming. But fifty percent of the profits certainly not uh, along for digital right now. So it, it's that weird middle ground right now where the economics have not caught up to the obvious and very clear demographic shift. Unlike podcasting we've, we've mastered that we know how <laughs> yeah. to do it yeah, that's he where the billionaires is, are yeah evan novi williams on the twitter novi underscore williams i am scott soshnick on the twitter at soshnick our producer is matt whitehurst better get a trumpet sound in there our digital media editor is core Veltman. she loves it when i remind you that the show can be found at sportacast which is the hub of the still growing sportico media network reminder to listen to asla pelite and boris gartner our hosts of la previa our spanish language sports business podcast Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.